0: Good morning. Welcome to worship on this second Sunday in Lent. I thank you for joining me today. And let us begin our worship with a confession and forgiveness. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God of all mercy and consolation, come to the help of your people, turning us from our sin to live for you alone. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit, that we may confess our sin, receive your forgiveness, and grow into the fullness of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. O God, by the passion of your blessed Son, you made an instrument of shameful death to be for us the means of life. Grant us so to glory in the cross of Christ that we may gladly suffer shame and loss for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. turning and looking at his disciples, Jesus rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Jesus called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. With the holy angels the gospel of our lord praise to you o christ there is an urgency in mark's gospel that you don't feel when reading the other gospels mark was the first gospel written and it is the shortest one it also uses the word immediately 41 times which may explain why there is a feeling of urgency. Mark used his writings to assemble stories about Jesus' ministry and provide the people a way of understanding how what Jesus has done relates to their lives. In today's reading, Jesus is trying to teach the disciples that his time with them is limited, and they will witness his suffering and death, and then he will rise again in three days. I'm not sure the disciples heard what he said once he used the word death. They were visibly upset. But it was only Peter who spoke up and quickly scolded, and was quickly scolded for his selfishness. Although the other disciples hoped Jesus was wrong, they were not about to say anything. They either did not hear Jesus say he would rise from the dead, or they had no idea what that meant for them. Once he told the disciples what was going to happen, he knew it was time to talk to the crowd that continued to follow him. He wanted more people to join him and give support to the disciples as his death drew near. He chose not to reveal his death to the crowd, but instead gave them instructions on how to become one of his followers. His instructions were simple. To become my follower, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. We know that many heard those words and chose to become disciples of Jesus. They saw all he could do. They heard his words that gave them hope. They had a vision of a new life with Jesus. They were ready to do whatever he asked them to do. They showed Jesus they had faith in him and they had faith in his ministry. We continue today to have faith in Jesus and know there is a new life in Christ. So are we willing to take up our cross and follow Jesus? And what does that mean for us today? We often hear people who are going through a difficult situation say, it is my cross to bear. This expression may mean the person is willing to accept that difficulty, the difficulty that can't be changed. And it is up to them to go into it with patience, knowing Christ goes with them. Sometimes those words are spoken to get others to admire them for their willingness to take on the difficulty. But most often, it's probably a combination of the two. There's a difficulty that can't be changed, and the person has accepted what needs to be done, but also wants others to recognize how hard it is for them. When Jesus spoke to the crowd, he was not talking about a people's individual sufferings. Jesus was talking about the suffering of all creation. Jesus knew there were many people suffering. Jesus and his disciples had experienced those sufferings when they came to people and saw the great needs before them. And Jesus healed many. Now that his death was coming, Jesus knew others would need to come to the aid of those who were in need. That is when Jesus was hoping the followers would do just that when he was gone. Here we are, followers of Jesus, and Jesus is calling us to pick up our cross and follow him. Just like the early disciples, this is not a personal cross. It does not point to our personal problems, but the cross we are holding is pointing to all the suffering in the world. We are called by Jesus to do as Jesus did. Feed the hungry, care for the sick, clothe the naked, and continue to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. God is also calling us to care for all creation. That includes the animals, the lands, and the seas. The responsibilities that come with carrying the cross of Jesus can make the cross very heavy. The tasks may seem daunting and impossible to accomplish. God's creation continues to suffer and people face many difficult situations. But we must remember we are not alone. There are many people willing to carry the cross of Jesus. If we all band together like the early disciples, we can accomplish much in the name of Jesus Christ. We can come together as a family, a community, a state, a nation to help others. But most important, we can come together as a church. We can do things here as a church in this community. We can join with other churches in our synod and we can join with the churches in In the ELCA. In turn, our churches can band together with other church bodies to help in all kinds of situations in the world. The cross we carry will not seem so burdensome when we join our efforts with those around us. Today at Faith and next week at Our Saviors, our church councils will be installed. These people have picked up their crosses and accepted God's call to lead us this year. They have a responsibility to to us, to the larger church, and to God to do what is best for us and for those who look to us for their needs. We have put our trust in them with our vote, but they can't do their job alone. They need all of us for support and encouragement. We can't put our crosses down. Sue Beaumont writes in her book, How to Lead When You Don't Know Where You Are Going, about a member of her home congregation who refused to let her small church die during a time without a pastor. Every Sunday she would come to the dilapidated church building, open it up and wait in case someone came for worship. She took care of the necessary paperwork to keep the church a legal entity. And after a while, things changed, and the church began to thrive. One of the pastors was curious about this story, which happened many years ago, and discovered that this woman, with a few others, gave much in money and time to tear down the old church building, hire a pastor, and raise money to continue the ministries. They picked up their crosses and followed where Jesus was leading them. It was not out in a far-off mission field, but in their own backyard. Where will your cross lead you? You will never know unless you pick it up and never let it go. Amen. Relying on the promises of God, we pray boldly for the church, the world, and all in need. Your gift of grace is for all people. Give confident faith to all the baptized, that they may follow you wholeheartedly. Give new believers joy in your promises. Give hope and courage to those who suffer for their faith. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. All the ends of the earth worship you, from galaxies to microorganisms. Preserve your creation. Teach humanity to wonder at your works and to join you in tending to creation's well-being. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. You rule over the nations. Raise up advocates for peace and justice within and between nations. Give life where hope seems dead. Call into existence new realities we cannot even imagine. And be with all those in military service and their families. May their ways be safe and their homecomings joyful. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. In Jesus you joined humanity in suffering and death, revealed to all the depth of your love shown on the cross. Accompany all who suffer in body, mind, and spirit. Restore all who are sick or grieving. We pray especially for those affected by COVID, those listed in our bulletin, those we carry in our hearts, and those we name aloud. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. You made Abraham and Sarah the ancestors of a multitude of nations. Bless grandparents, parents, foster parents, and children who look to them for care. Console those who deal with infertility, parents who have entrusted their children to adoption, and children longing to be adopted. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. We await the day of Christ's coming in glory. Lead us by example for all the saints whom you have called to take up their cross and follow you, that together we may find joy in our lives in you. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. We entrust ourselves to all, and all our prayers to you, O faithful God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Go in peace. Christ is with you. Thanks be to God.